Hey, you're listening to episode 48 from the Cloud Avengers podcast channel. My name's Richard Morrell. Thank you for taking time out of your day to download this file. Now, back in the day when I first started recording these podcasts, I thought we might get 5, 10, 20 people download them, and I'd have been happy with that. Now we launch on iTunes on a weekly basis. We have thousands of download listeners and thousands of new subscribers on a weekly basis. And to show how far we've come, today's podcast, I'm joined by Arun Obroy, who's the Executive Vice President of Global Sales and Services at Red Hat. And to get a microphone in front of Brian Stevens last week and Arun this week, it, it, it's, it's, it's really difficult to do. These guys are very, very busy people. And the fact that we're now on their radar and they want to talk to us and, and are able to sit down and do a comprehensive podcast is really good. Now, Arun is responsible for getting Red Hat to the next stage of evolution, past the $1 billion mark where we currently sit. XHP and IBM, a heavy hitter, understands how to play the enterprise game, but more importantly, understands the cohesive glue which holds Red Hat together and how we drive into the community and get the best out of both community ethos and goodness into an enterprise-level stack. Uh, it's not rocket science to say that Red Hat brings a certain polished machine to the whole enterprise Linux service offering, but we're more than just enterprise Linux. There's the whole Red Hat stack. There's the storage piece. There's the middleware piece. There's the open cloud piece. There's messaging. You know, we work very hard to evolve as an organization. And I'm hoping that the podcast that I recorded with Arun shows just how far we've come. I mentioned Summit already. Point your browser at www.redhat.com forward slash Summit. All the key bios of speakers are there. More information on Summit. I think there's actually some advanced ticket discount pricing, which would be good. Uh, I went last year. Really busy time. Three hectic days preceded by the developer days. And of course, we've got the OpenShift developer day there as well, which is well worth attending. I went to the one uh, in Portland before the OpenStack Developer Summit. So without further ado, again, Point your browser at www.redhat.com forward slash summit. Make sure you go there. Um, if you haven't registered already, go and do it and tell them I sent you. But without further ado, here's the podcast I recorded with Arun. Enjoy and come back for more great podcast content. You're listening to a podcast being recorded as part of the Red Hat London tour. We're very fortunate when we get executive officers coming to the UK from the US. So occasionally it's nice to put them on the spot. So this afternoon, I'm joined by Aaron Oberoi. Aaron, introduce yourself. Sure, happy to. I'm the head of sales and services at Red Hat. So as a company, we've been through this adolescence when we first started, going from a cardboard box set, a CD with a book and some stickers in. We made the decision to go rail. We made the decision to have an enterprise distribution. Very often, customers still see us very much as a Red Hat subscription. We're more than that, aren't we? We're much more than that, but we're also happy that customers do see us as a strong Linux brand, and it's associated with Red Hat. It's a great uh, foundation to do what we're doing in building a brand going forward. And we've we've come a long way. The rate of change at Red Hat has been incredible just in the short one year that I've been here. Uh, you know, we've acquired three companies in the short few years that we've been uh, in existence. We've gone from a Linux company to one of the highest growth uh, companies in the industry in our space. Uh, certainly the largest open source provider. And we have we have gone from a company that was a Linux company to becoming a middleware company. We've taken our middleware portfolio and expanded it uh, extensively with recent acquisitions as well mm -hmm. into the business process uh, management space, into making the integration engine much more robust. Uh, so, and, and beyond that, we have taken new emerging markets which are still coming together. Uh, I'll broadly classify them as cloud and cloud management and made acquisitions uh, all the way from the virtualization space, uh, an open virtualization alternative to um, uh, a major vendor out there, uh, proprietary, 
And we've gone from that to adding uh, new elements of the portfolio, portfolio with uh, management of cloud, you know, cloud-centric management, uh, focusing on management of workloads and providing agility across across the infrastructure. Uh, so really, in terms of, uh, from a customer standpoint, looking in, looking to an alternative to build out this next generation infrastructure, we offer a pretty compelling portfolio across the stack, uh, all the way from the OS layer to the service creation and delivery layer and the management layer, along with uh, you know, significant plays in the storage play, which is, which is a huge, explore, uh, you know, very fast-growing market as well with the storage acquisition we've made. I think I think sometimes we're fortunate when we sit in front of customers and the sales guy goes in and he has it's almost Batman and Robin style with his SA and the customer buys both the product and the relationship they have with that sales guy in his SA yeah. in the respect that Red Hat all of a sudden becomes an enabler an enabler of change and as we've grown away from the traditional uh, silo mentality around IT and around the, you know that people didn't make a decision until tech refresh now consumers and customers want more bang for their buck. They want it now. With JBoss, we've been able to do that. It's middleware for the cloud. It's here mm-hmm. now. With the Manage IQ acquisition, I mean, that was very cute in the respect that all of a sudden you have a single pane ability to be able to look into heterogeneous clouds. But more importantly than that, do all that granular reporting that people just can't do. I mean, one of the things that stops people getting to cloud is fear, uncertainty, and doubt around things like Patriot Act and the safe harbor, low geolocation of workloads, being able to go out there and provision properly. And all of a sudden, Red Hat has something to say, more than just being um, you know, the ability to provision uh, Rev or the ambition to, the ability to push Rev or, or JBoss into, into the data center. Yes, and yes. You know, I think, I think the important thing to keep in mind is, yes, we have a lot to say. Yes, we have a lot to say and offer in terms of building out this next generation open, affordable, available infrastructure, uh, which is where the world is headed to. Uh, but I think more important than a lot to say is we also have a lot to listen. And when positioning what we have, it's important to map our technology to the technology architecture, existing technology architecture of the customer, and then to map that technology architecture that the customer has to their business architecture, to the architecture that supports the services, which is the lifeblood of revenue creation. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that we really understand this top-down, i.e. business process looking down, and how we support that from a technology infrastructure standpoint is going to be critical in how we make customers uh, take advantage of what we have. So it's as much about delivering and deploying the technology and making sure we're being excellent at that as it is about selling technology pieces. In fact, it's more about understanding how it's going to be deployed. I was with Brian Stevens last week in Portland, Oregon, uh, sitting in a crowded convention center with two and a half thousand very astute people. And it was a very different show. Usually when you go to the VM worlds, it's about people picking up swag and also looking at the latest, greatest stuff that they're going to be acquiring. This show is quite scary in the respect that these were people who were actually doing, doing, developing, deploying, and provisioning. And I think a lot of people in the room look to Red Hat to understand, were we more than a one-trick pony? Or were we actually looking to be the savior of OpenStack? And Brian played it very cute and said that, you know, no one company or organization is bigger than OpenStack. We're a contributor to something that we value and that we're pushing forward. But 
trying to understand how blended environments work and offering a level of maturity to, and, and context maturity around things like security with all the SE Linux goodness that we bring to the table, around OpenShift, around the whole platform as a service piece, around KVM, the ability to have your open hypervisor. And it's obvious listening to the feedback as you're walking out the hall and the next two days at conference, that there was a sort of sigh of relief that Red Hat was actually at the table, that we were here to, to assist, make that happen. But more than just, you know, run a flag up to say we're the second largest contributor, that we are, were actually, you know, part and parcel of, of, of the next level of open architectures that could be then consumed by the likes of the Comcast and the British Airways and all these big customers who are starting to think on their feet about where they're going for the next two or three years and that Red Hat's a real context part of that. Yes, I think, uh, Richard, you make, you make important points. So there's a, there's a couple of points. I think when you think about um, us being a major contributor, which we are in, in most, most of the spaces that we play in to the community, uh, and we're also a great beneficiary of the community because we take from it, mm -hmm. it's less important how much we contribute to the community. It's more important how vibrant the community is. And that's yep. how Red Hat approaches the whole open source play. We truly are pure play from that perspective. Uh, there's nothing proprietary about our agenda at all. Uh, and and that, uh, that truly speaks to your point about, you know, we're, people are glad we're on the table because we'll keep the agenda pure and we'll contribute to it. Having said that, I think the important thing also from a customer standpoint to keep in mind in thinking about architecture is an OpenStack is, is an emerging, arc, you know, is an emerging approach. Uh, it's going to be a fast emerging approach given the adoption and, and the world needs something like OpenStack uh, to manage all those resources, mm -hmm. uh, provision, manage, etc. all those resources. I think the important thing to keep in mind is if I am a CIO or if I'm a customer, if I'm a technologist trying to make technology work for my business, the, there, there are some fundamental shifts going on in the industry, fundamental shifts both in terms of uh, social media, the sociology and explosion of technology in terms of the networked individual, mm -hmm. the enterprise, the social enterprise, which is becoming much more networked than it ever has. And all this is putting a fair amount of strain, in fact, a lot of strain on the core architecture. So if I'm a CIO trying to apply all this technology and build out the foundation, a serving foundation for all these services, which are going to be used anywhere, anytime, by individuals, by the enterprise, I have a couple of approaches. One is to build out the new things I do with a proprietary approach or to build it out with an open approach, mm -hmm. albeit coexisting with my legacy approach and in a way that I can manage both the legacy and the forward-looking environment. Most CIOs are looking at that and saying, I need something open from a partner, a supplier, who truly is open, not just for now, but in terms of their ethos, what they bring to the table, and I can count on that for the future as well, because that's what they've del delivered in the past. And so we are at the point of intersection where it's not just the technology, the open technology that's required, but it's also equally important that the supplier's business model, their culture, their stated statement needs to be that they will continue to do so and continue to promote it. Aaron, it's been absolutely amazing having you on the podcast. I very rarely get a chance to have someone of your ilk on, on, on with a microphone in front of him, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time.